to Love, and we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Yes, here to talk about the spectacular <laughs> uh, new Netflix movie starring Chris Hemsworth, Extraction, which I believe yes. is number one on the Netflix mm-hmm. charts as of now. So yeah, a big you deal. Beat big out deal. Too Hot to Handle, beat out Tiger King. <laughs> uh, what else? was so There was something else that was really big recently. Oh, Outer Banks. Did you watch any of Outer Banks? I watched one episode and was like, mm, okay. no, I didn't. I was thinking about it and then I realized it was a second season and I was like, well, if I didn't hear about the first season, then how I don't good think it's a be? second season. I thought it was. I don't I think so. I I watched the first. I don't I don't know. Did I watch the first episode of like a let first check, season and thought check, it? Let me check. This is very entertaining. While you're checking it, I would just like to say that people told me I should watch it because it's similar to Riverdale in some ways, I guess. I don't know. Not getting that from the first episode, but um, Riverdale <laughs> no, just right. had it's a... just one season. I don't know okay, what's wrong with so, me. So yeah, you could definitely watch it then, Shelby. But instead, Riverdale just did their musical episode, no. which are always truly no. deranged and at a level that really no other show can go to. Uh, They did Hedwig and the Angry Itch, which I was not familiar with. But the way that they have to manipulate the episode story to fit with the songs is wild. And then this one, they not only had the good singers on the cast singing, but they also made Jughead uh, Cole Sprouse sing a bunch of songs. And it was just. Yeah, not great. Do you still like this show? Oh, Oh, yes. No, I love it. I love it. One, I think this season is season four is the best season since season one. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. No, you're just drinking. I mean, they're all they're all good. But season four is is like it's weird at just the right level for Mm me. And what's truly saddening is that. They sort of wrapped up the, I think, main arc of the season in episode 16. And then this was 17, this musical episode. And then I think the last couple episodes, they were just going to do, like, you know, there's prom and graduation. They're all, like, seniors in high school. Try to do that kind of stuff. And then they got cut short, so they only have two more episodes. And I think that the last episode is, like, a dream episode or something. <laughs> it's, like, not even... So I don't know what okay, they're going to okay. do with next well, season, anyways, but I'm excited. Um, Matt and I have been, you know, struggling to fill in these weeks as coronavirus continues. And I realized as I looked at our old schedule, like how many good movies we've like missed that we would have been covering. Oh my gosh. Um, yes. So we figured it'd be fun to have this moment at the beginning of the episode to imagine what could have been. Um, so in an alternate reality where coronavirus never happened on the show this week, we would have been discussing Antebellum, which is the um, horror movie starring Janelle Monet, um, touted as from the producers of Get Out with a very mysterious trailer that sort of implies this woman in, in the modern world is somehow forced into this weird hellscape of like the Antebellum South. So... It was meant to be released on April 24th, and uh, here we are, April 27th, and it has and not been rescheduled yet. I feel like that that movie would also be just ripe for podcasting. Like, it yeah. feels like there would, is going to be so much going on, so much to unpack, so much to break down. <laughs> and not saying that Extraction did not have <laughs> all of that nuance and twisty plot, but, you know, not... I feel like it... a little something. Yeah, just, it's just like a smidge short of what I yeah. think Annabelle probably... Yeah. <laughs> 
will be. Yeah. I mean, this is one, I think most of them have been rescheduled for either next year or they've been pushed to the fall. But this one is like the director's just like, oh, well, we're going to get a sense of how things go because we really want this to unveil to a global movie audience. So I don't know. I, I do feel like it's smart for these studios to hold on to some movies. Yeah. Like, yes, there's things that, sure, bump to next year, whatever, because you know that you're going to have a gap because you can't be filming anything during coronavirus, so it's like you're going to need to fill stuff up. And if you want truly, like, a huge launch where there's not going to be any people, oh, I don't want to go to the theater, oh, I'm worried about mm-hmm. getting coronavirus, oh, I still have coronavirus, whatever, <laughs> yeah, bump it till next year. But I think there's I lots of these sort of, like, like what? <laughs> I secretly have coronavirus, I've had it for months now should i go should i go with coronavirus who knows yeah. um but i do feel like there's a lot of these kind of mid budget movies that you could see not necessarily being huge blockbusters but maybe having some breakout potential yeah and whenever theaters are going to open up they're going to need stuff to put in them and i think people are going to be hungry to see things so you could see like okay let's say theaters open up like in july that there's not a lot of big stuff slated for those months afterwards because all of the big studios have been bumping things that they want to spend a lot of time advertising. But if you are one of those things that can get into the theater in the first month, two months that it's out and you don't really have any big competition, that feels like it could be a sweet spot for something like Annabellum that could get eaten up if it's out against like James Bond or Wonder Woman or something. But if it has less competition could be a big movie. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see like how the Oscars play out because even if, you know, there's only so many weeks in the rest of the year. So some of these movies that stood no chance of anything like something maybe (laughs) antebellum-esque, you know, could suddenly be in the in the conversation if they suddenly shove it into a August date. So I read this whole, did I send you the article that was by Vulture that was talking about how if 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 no more movies come out this year, what did the Oscar no. season look like? I just it, <laughs> it's too depressing. Oh my gosh. It was so funny though, because it was like <laughs> like who are we gonna get to be best actor? I think that it said like Ben Affleck would win it for that basketball movie he was in. Like that's just because there's so few things yeah. that are out. Um oh. they said that best picture would come down to the invisible woman the invisible invisible man. Invisible, invisible man. man and Emma. Which I was like, that would be a wild year where those are the two front runners for best picture. Yeah, it'd be a cleansing in some ways, you know, really force these hoity-toity pretentious losers to examine what counts as a good performance. They also said that a lot of the movies that have already come out this year are by female directors. So that if the Oscars was run now, like most of the nominees would be women. Which Maybe is interesting. The universe is just forcing Hollywood's hands. I know. Well, a movie that I'm not sure <laughs> if it really has many Oscar chances is Extraction, uh, which they didn't bump this up at all. I think this is when this movie was originally supposed to come out now. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw the trailer like, I don't remember, like three weeks ago, maybe. And I was just like, Matt, should we do this? And I thought it would be a fun movie. It's like 
it's written or like it's based on a graphic novel by the Russo brothers from Marvel. It's the directorial debut of this stuntman, Sam Hargrave, and it stars Chris Hemsworth of Thor fame. So it's like a classic Netflix action flick. Um, so what were your what was your first uh, impression? Well, when you sent it to me, I was like, oh, my gosh, a movie that an actual bona fide star is in that is coming out now. Because, yes, there are things coming out in Netflix and whatnot, but they're always sort of like fringy things where you think, OK, like eh, mm-hmm. B-League level talent. Where this is definitely like some A-list stuff going on. So I was mm-hmm. excited to watch it. Quite frankly, I uh, uh, found this found myself loving this movie in ways that I did not expect to. Chris Hemsworth plays a mercenary named Tyler Rake, who is sent to, I don't know, what's the opposite of kidnap? Uh, Rescue. 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 There's a word (laughs) for you. Rescue the son of a drug dealer who has been kidnapped by another drug dealer and is being held hostage in Bangladesh. I think that's the country that is being held hostage. Is that uh, right? I don't remember. I think, I guess, yeah, somewhere. I think so. Something. Dhaka is the city. Is Dhaka the capital of Bangladesh? Possibly. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so he has to go get this kid. He gets sent in. And then basically the entire movie is just him fighting a bunch of bad guys, trying to get himself and this child out of this city where everyone is trying to kill them. Mm -hmm. There is so little plot in this movie. It is almost (laughs) miraculous. Like you keep waiting for like a twist or like some kind of character development to come. And it really never does. It's just (laughs) action sequences with enough slowing down in between that you can sort of pretend that people have gotten over the multiple wounds that they received in the previous fight sequence well that's what's so funny because in all the press like in all the conversation chris hemsworth whole angle angle is like yeah i didn't really want to do an action film i just done like you know in game infinity wars like thor that's what he's been doing for so long he's like i wasn't sure i wanted to get stuck doing that again but then he was like (laughs) the emotional resonance of the story and the heartbeat and the relationships within it really struck a chord with me and were unique in an action film like this. And I like read this and I thought about the movie and I was like, what? Like, I know they have to like tell themselves these lies, but I'm like, this is like taking the Bourne series or the John Wick series and stripping it of any like original characterization Mm -hmm. and just slapping more headshots and car chases and and knife fights and calling it you know storyboarding (laughs) my extended family like my uncles my cousins my dad love action movies and the way that they usually watch them is they'll you know watch them once all the way through and then you only watch the action scenes you just like fast forward (laughs) through the other stuff so you can hit the movie out in like 30 minutes and you basically just watch the fight scenes and we did that so much growing up that there are movies that i felt like i had seen and then i saw them again as adults and was like what are half of the like i didn't even know that person was in this movie because they're not in any of the scenes that we had watched oh my gosh and so my family was so excited about this there was like a text chain going on about this movie over the weekend like we were loving it because there's very few scenes that you would have to skip there's like so little at like non-action sequences that it's just it's just like mesmerizing to watch and i think that they 
because the director is a stunt coordinator, the stunts and everything is really good in the movie. Like everything is really well shot. This isn't a Liam Neeson taken movie where the action is like so choppy and cut up because the person can't really do anything. And it's also not something where 95% of it is, CG like the sets are real it was shot on location if you're getting hit by a car it's like an actual car (sighs) it's it's not you know it's not all computer generated there's a couple of like explosions that you can tell are very clearly uh, not real (laughs) but otherwise the rest of it like if they're fighting each other they're actually like fighting each other which I found to be refreshing and sort of took me back to the 80s 90s action movies that I love with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone where it is like yeah if there's a fight scene it's an actual fight scene it's not like you know two computer people in front of a green screen and then they just map everything on that's true you know that's a that's an angle I hadn't considered like there is a lot of that raw visceral (laughs) action I think for me I really struggled to enjoy the movie because that's all there was and like I think there were pieces that made it clear they thought they were onto something bigger like you know the like classic oh him Hemsworth's character doesn't have a will to live he's like his introduction is him jumping off of a 50 meter cliff because he doesn't care if he lives or dies he's he's chill to do whatever because you know as it because his son died while he was in war (laughs) yeah so he's really feeling it and going through it and it's meant to be like you know this chance at redemption where he he gets in on this job just as a mercenary he's just hired for it but as the deal goes south and it turns out they'd been crossed, everyone's like, you just need to leave the kid, just kill the kid, just abandon this mission. And he's like, oh, I can't like my, you know, this is my moment. <laughs> and I don't know. I just I appreciate, you know, the the bare minimum they put into that very cliched storyline. But overall, I just. I didn't feel like I would ever revisit this movie in the same way I'd revisit other action films, you know? What I think I can appreciate about this movie is that they decided to not even really try that hard in that direction. <laughs> like, I hate when you're watching a comedy and the first half of the comedy is so good and then they try to pack the back half with a bunch of, like, right. emotional stuff and, you know, like, a moral of the story. I really love when a comedy is like, okay, you know what, like, that, we're not even going to try that. We're just going to do jokes the whole time. Mm-hmm. So I liked that they did that with this, where you do get these action movies where sometimes... The act like the action scenes are good, but then everything in between is just like, oh, my gosh, so boring and such a slog and like not even that original or interesting. And this movie was like, OK, we're going to cut out a much of as much of that as humanly possible. Like we would just make this one huge action sequence. We need to add a couple scenes in here to break it up, but we're not going to force you to watch anything that's like too, too overbearing. So, so you I think you'll rewatch it. this again? Will I rewatch this whole movie? No. no. Will I rewatch the pieces. action sequences in here? <laughs> yes. I would like to specifically draw attention to the part of the movie that I thought was the best, which mm. is a like 11 and a half minute long extended sequence in the middle that is, you know, supposedly like a single take action sequence. It's obviously not, but it that's what it looks like. And you're basically following um, Chris Hemsworth and the boy 
they he gets like extracted they get in a car it's a car chase they get out of the car they're running through the apartment this apartment complex they're fighting different people they get back into another car there's another car chase they're outside of the car they're fighting again and it's all filmed in one take so you can just like see all of the brunt of the action that chris hemsworth is having to take and i thought that scene was very well done it was all practical effects. The stunt work was amazing. People are like falling See, off things. They're I, getting hit by a car. They're getting picked back up. I just loved it. And I thought this is great. I would gladly watch this scene <laughs> another dozen times. I just felt like like I didn't enjoy that part that much. Like it felt gimmicky in a way that people accuse like 1917 of being where it was just sort of like, why is this such a long single take? Like what is it adding? Like it just... It felt like they were just trying to show off, but it actually wasn't that well done. Like you could clearly see when they were changing the shot, like from the zoom in or the sudden swift blur. It was kind of like, it was kind of messy, which I understand why, because it's very, like you said, it's, it's all like, you know, a cameraman is running alongside them, like capturing this action and whatnot. So of course it's like more jumpy and whatnot, but I don't know. I just kind of was like halfway through. I'm like, why is this still a single take? Like, like I love a good long take. I think that, that it can be like really mesmerizing to watch like a, like the scene in Birdman where they're like tracking like dozens of different characters through this single shot or in the haunting of Hill house, they do a really interesting, like jump through time with the single take. And of course, 1917, which is like this huge emotional journey that you're like, forced to anxiously walk alongside but this was just kind of like i don't know it just i feel like people had the same i feel like people had the same concerns with 1917 of like oh it's a gimmick you can see where the cuts are like why do we need this and i think it's less about like them being able to do it and show off as it is that in most movies there are so many cuts especially action movies and war movies that you're never really seeing what it would actually look like to be in one of those situations. You're, I mean, it's a very like jumbled kind of mess and, and always in action movies, you know, it's like, Oh, there's a counter there. It's like a countdown and it says 10 minutes, but then the scene itself is actually, you know, three. So it's like, where, like what else was happening in this sequence? So I liked that they just showed. Yeah. If you were actually in like a car chase that led into a, (laughs) on foot chase and then back to a car chase like this is what it would sort of feel like more realistically i and i also think that it also shows off the the great stunt work that is going on i mean clearly the director is a stuntman that's what is first and foremost this is like a like a senior thesis project almost (laughs) of like this is all of the different stunt things that you could possibly do in a movie and especially if you've watched action movies recently i mean I think this is another reason why John Wick is so successful because those stunt scenes are actual stunts. That's also why people really liked the Mission Impossible movies because you're watching these and it's things that are actually happening. It's not a bunch of computer-generated things or quick cuts. So it's like, oh, you don't, you don't, you can't tell who anybody is, and the camera's right. blurry, and you know, it's it's like Liam Neeson, but you know he can't actually fight anybody. <laughs> so it's like a shot of his face, a shot of the body double, a shot of someone's fist, a shot of his face again. You know. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Like a lot of the stunt work was very cool. There's like a knife fight that was very hard for me to watch because it was very in my face about how scary it would be to be in a knife fight. 
Um, he kills someone with a rake. That was a great <laughs> scene. Did, and his yeah. last name is Rake. So that's, yeah, you know, symbolism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think my problem was about halfway through the movie. I was just like, I was very <laughs> confused about all the different characters and their motivations. And there's like this side story about the evil drug lord who's like, training these children under him and he sort of takes one under his wing to become like head child <laughs> like assassin there's like a whole thing about cutting off fingers if you do something wrong and then the child is like i yeah that part had of the him, plot wasn't I, great <laughs> i was just like okay and then he ends up at his like friend's house played by chief hopper oh i kind of like that yeah, David yeah, Harbour no, from was, Stranger he Things. He was entertaining. I like him, and you know what? It's cute. He's from a Marvel movie that has yet to see the light of day, but one day they'll be Marvel brothers together. It was just like, there's a lot happening that I just didn't care about. And so by the end of the movie, I was just like, I honestly don't know what is going on, except that everyone is most likely going to die. And I was... Um, How you have to look at the movie like this <laughs> is Chris Hemsworth needs to escape, He's got to kill a bunch of people, and that's the only plot line that matters, basically. (laughs) I also thought it was fun. In the middle, there's a scene where, yeah, this, like, group of child killers shows up, and clearly they're not going to show Chris Hemsworth killing kids. So he (laughs) sort of just, like, roughs them all up, which I thought was kind of a fun scene of him, you know, like, hitting them and throwing them, but, like, not really killing any of them. At one point, he slaps one of them across the face. I thought that was an interesting uh, uh, type of fight scene that I had not witnessed (laughs) before. Yeah, I mean, I think the whole idea is, like, he finds a heart at the end of this. Like, he finds a purpose and, like, he finds his redemption or whatever. And it all culminates on this, like, epic bridge scene where he has to basically... He's trying to get the kid across to safety to where his, like, mercenary team members are waiting for him in a chopper to finally take them away from this crazy drug lord's, you know, city and there's another guy involved. I don't know. It's just like there's a lot going on. It's like, oh, my gosh, is this kid going to make it? What happened to Tyler Rake? And then, <laughs> I mean, spoiler alert, I guess. But just as he realizes the kid has made it to safety, he gets, like, shot in the neck and starts to bleed out profusely and kind of realizes, like, oh, this is the end and falls back off the bridge into the river supposedly dies and the kid and rake's team members are all heartbroken and sad and they they rush off in the in the helicopter and like mourn his his death but this ending is actually a source of sort of ambiguity and controversy because at the very end of the show after it shows like um the female assassin getting revenge and murdering this drug lord and then shows which also wasn't that dress like the best <laughs> yeah she looked great i would love a spinoff she shows her. up in the yeah she shows up in the bathroom and kills him and was i was just yeah. like wow that is a great that's a great she look to amazing. be killing someone yeah. in. i know it doesn't this movie does not pass the bechdel test by any means but she's a she's a very cool totally underwritten character i mean all the characters are underwritten but i would love to see a spinoff about her because she clearly knows how to how to be a boss but i feel like i feel like a sequel 100 percent. she's the love interest 
Don't you feel like they uh, get together? But it doesn't have to be that. I don't even care if Rake is in the movie. But the point is that the kid is is on the in this like utopic you know world away from his drug lord dad and away from this drug lord kidnapper, and he dives into the water, mimicking the dive that um, Rake had done at the beginning. And then as he comes Symbolism. up, you turn and you see this shadowy figure that very much looks like rake so it's like oh my gosh did he die did he survive what is this and then it cuts to black yeah so you do don't you know think he's sequel a, potential do you think he's alive or <laughs> i mean i think based on how well this movie has done for netflix i think most definitely uh <laughs> had the movie not done well i think maybe not yeah i mean that's what's so frustrating right is like nothing can just be a standalone and the director or the writer someone was talking about it and he was like yeah we'd written it so he died we'd wanted him to die that was the point is he had found this redemption and like he'd finished and he gave up his life for the kid and like blah what a heart but then they said that test audiences didn't like that and then of course netflix was like wouldn't it be more meaningful if he did live and he had this kid to live for and so they were like oh yeah i never thought here's of the thing that way. if any movie that like should have a sequel it's this one there's no <laughs> reason why this shouldn't have a sequel you know like i can see when it's an actual like really great well-written movie doesn't need a sequel no like did yeah. incredibles need a sequel no but <laughs> well, i liked the sequel but this movie is, like, made to have a sequel, to have him go into some crazier situation and have to extract somebody else from another, you know, even wilder place. Which, by the way, while we're talking about this, I looked it up. Dhaka is the capital of Bangladesh. This <laughs> okay, movie made that city look so horrific. Like, there is... <laughs> Like, have you ever seen a city look worse in a movie than this one? The city looked bad. All the people looked bad. At one point, they're, like, running, rummaging through the sewers. Yeah, it's a pretty racist trope that that movies tend to do in, like, these countries, like, either the Middle East or India or Africa, where they use this, like, very yellow coloring in the film. So it looks, like, very smoggy. It looks very dirty and dusty. And I mean, it, this movie actually got a lot of heat for it because Netflix posted a, a, a play-by-play of like them actually filming it and then the final shot of the car chase scene. And in the actual footage, it's like, you know, there's green trees and it's like clear blue skies. And yes, it's a dirt road, but it's like a fine enough place. And then you see the actual, like, as it turned out to be released footage and it's like, it's grimy, it's yellowed, it's like very... You know, it's kind of it's kind of a dirty trick that these movies do because I'm sure that I city mean, isn't that trashy. I well, it wasn't even shot there, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. But I feel like in a lot of the in a lot of these types of movies, though, they like to have sort of like some sexy backdrops for the people, even mm-hmm. if there are parts of the city that look you know crappy. Mm-hmm. And this, they weren't giving none of that. Like there was not a single, <laughs> even sort of like the wide pan like overview shots were of just terrible looking areas. So yeah. 
It's not a so so that worked for you though. You were like on you were fine. Well, with that. I was just thinking the whole time. I was like, this city is gonna be pissed when this movie comes out because <laughs> I'd never heard of DACA before. But now, anytime I think of it, I'm gonna think of this movie yeah. and like, oh gosh, don't want to go there. It's not like Crazy Rich Asians, you know, which comes out and it's like everybody's going to Singapore or when um, right. Eat Pray Love came out and it's like everybody has to go to Bali now. It's like yeah. no people, nobody's going to Bangladesh. <laughs> the other thing that this movie did that I always find annoying and I truly don't I mean I I guess I sort of know why they do it but I'm also always frustrated that they couldn't have figured out a way around this is the setup where the opening shot of the movie is the shot from the climax of the movie and then we get like a two weeks earlier and we go back and then we just build up to that point they do this on tv shows sometimes they do it in movies it's like we see him on the bridge fighting and then, but like really nothing else. Then we go back yeah. and we wind our way through. So the whole time we know, okay, he's going to end up on a bridge and he's going to end up shooting a bunch of people on the bridge. It just takes like sort of the mystery and excitement out of that scene at the end. But it doesn't really deliver anything in the beginning because you don't know what the stakes are at all. Um, yeah. And no, I think they do it when they can't, like you want a big opening number. And yeah. so if you don't even either don't have the money or like just the script it doesn't work out that way then you just do this thing where you put the climax at the beginning to have a, a bigger opening set piece but i just was like ugh. like well, i think if we it's partly because like netflix or large studios don't trust audiences to like hold interest so if it had opened on this little indian kid going to school People would be like, oh, no, bored, pass. You know, it's like they need this like instant hit of Chris Hemsworth bloody dying. What's he going to do? Loading a gun to like capture an audience, which is very, it's just offensive to moviegoers who would sit through I mean, a 20 but, minute scene. <laughs> but also it's Netflix. So you know, know that people are watching things for five <laughs> minutes and switching because I've definitely done that before. I mean, yeah. if you had turned on an action movie and it was like a children's boarding school for the first <laughs> 10 minutes, I'm not sure I would stick around. But what I'm saying is they could have easily done something like a previous mission or a training. Yeah. They could have done something where Chris Hemsworth is shooting things that's not just the climax. Yeah. It's you know, true. they could have him like robbing a bank or something. And then afterwards have that girl be there like, we need you back. You know, <laughs> like there's you could have easily come up with a situation. I've seen enough movies that do that. Yeah. Also, what is up with X or with action stars all living like truly at the edge of the globe in some house that doesn't have proper windows like that is also a movie trope. I would like to see a list yeah. of every movie that that happens in. And like another Jason movie trope goes is, to like, one of those. is like drug addicted bit embittered old men who just like tear open a bottle and and throw the whole thing oh yes you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's no like single pills there's no water involved it's just let's just take a shot of this entire pill bottle right now but then look but still look and feel fine yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah, very capable yeah yeah i mean overall i just i wanted the movie to either be more fun or more you know I guess somewhat emotional, but this was just like, it was a lot of, a lot of like explosive gore. Like there were a lot of violent deaths in this movie, very on screen headshots, knife wounds, like rake deaths. And it Mm. was just a lot for me. I was here for every second. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, this is one of the best things I've seen since quarantine started. Granted, I did watch this 
shortly after it comes at night, which was such a terrible movie going experience that this, you know, really cleansed the palate for me there. Mm -hmm. Um, So would you say now, later or never on this? (laughs) Um, An interesting question in the time of coronavirus. I guess it really just depends on your cup of tea. Like I could have skipped this. Like I'm finding more comfort watching old favorite movies. So I would totally rather watch like any other movie (laughs) than watch this. But if you are like Matt and you like just crazy action sequences, then I can see this as being appealing. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if you like action movies, why not watch this now? You got nothing else to do. (laughs) It's new. People are talking about it. I feel like even if you're not really that into action movies, like honestly, what else have you got going yeah. on? I mean, yeah, and Chris Hemsworth is gets to the, be Australian, so oh yeah, Chris Hemsworth's great. Yeah. He is a really good actor, even in the sequences where he's where you know he has like the little bit of backstory that he yeah. has. <laughs> you feel like this person is good at what they're doing. <laughs> like I think he's one of the best actors who's an action star. Yeah, no, he was he filled the role well. Has he ever done a movie where he's where it's not like an action movie? Or where he's played that guy. Like, has he done a serious role? Because I feel like he could handle it. But I don't. But now that I'm thinking I mean, about I it, don't I don't know. Because I knew him from Star Trek and then Thor. So I don't really know if he did anything between that. Okay, I'm looking him up. Chris Hemsworth. Uh, Snow White and the Huntsman. Not uh, <laughs> Men in Black. No. Bad Times in the El Royale. No. I mean, that's not really he an action, in, though. He was in it? Ghostbusters? Yeah. No, he but the... it's like sort of. He plays the hot assistant. It's pretty funny. What is Black Hat? Do you know what that is? Mm, No. Is that an action movie? Oh, Chris Pine is also in that. Ooh. And Viola Davis. That might be a not, that might not be an action movie. But yeah, I'm not seeing anything that looks particularly Oscar-y. There's something called Cash that has the dollar sign instead of the S (laughs) and it has him pointing a gun on the cover. Well, he'll have his moments, you know. Um, he was in one episode of The Saddle Club. I don't think that was an action <laughs> TV show. I mean, yeah, he's clearly done some non-action work. But has he done Australian work? Because this is, you know, his his accent is out. He's out and proud. He's in Australia. I think The Saddle Club moment. might be Australian. Okay, cool. Shall we? Do you have lightning round questions? Uh, yeah, I I thought of a couple. Um actually related to what you were just discussing but if you had to recast a famous chris into chris hemsworth role which chris would you want oh well let's see who do we got chris pratt chris, chris pine evans. and who's the th- and chris, chris evans oh. yeah i feel like chris pratt would be annoying in this role <laughs> and i feel like chris evans his like modes are either like really goody two shoes or sort of like um douchey <laughs> and so i feel like chris pine would probably be the best suited for this of sort of like the washed up dr- dr- like drugged out but also an action star i but feel like chris evans and chris be? pratt bring a different vibe do you think what chris do you mean pine could like pull off this like mercenary like action figure i think so i mean i think he can do the action huh. and i think that he could I feel like he would be better at playing the like troubled, but we st- but still rootable. Yeah, maybe. I guess I was gonna give Chris Evans a chance to like play, like a hardened, not goody two shoes sort of muscle man. Yeah, it's because it, I feel like everything Chris Evans is in, he it's either like um, Captain America or <laughs> he is like the Playboy. Like, um, what was that movie that he was just in? The murder mystery the one. Knives Out. 
Knives Out. Well, there you have hmm. it. One of those. I think Chris Pine's a weird choice, but maybe. Who am I? I'd watch anything with Chris Pine. If you had to cut two fingers off of your hands, <laughs> which two fingers would go? You know, I was thinking about this. I think both of my pinkies, but then I was like, but then I'd have to physically cut off like two fingers instead of just one cut. You know what I mean? So uh-huh. I guess other than that, I would do like one, my left pinky and my, my ring finger. But then you couldn't wear a, a wedding ring. Oh no. What? Oh my gosh. My marriage would be void. Like, would that change my life? Well, I don't, some people are very <laughs> into that. You know what I mean? Well, I could wear it on my other hand. Like I think people. Well, right. But it would just, like a, you know. <laughs> Some people do not have their ring finger, and I think they do just fine. So what would you do? It's just a toss. I mean, I feel like I would also cut off the ring finger and the pinky finger (laughs) on my left hand. But I also feel like there's something to be said for cutting off, like, I think if you cut off one finger off of both hands, then you'd probably... Like, I think that would be less troublesome in the long run, but I think it would be worse to (laughs) do in the short term. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, because you'd have to then cut off the finger with on one hand that are using a hand that already had a finger cut off. of it. Right. Exactly. Which would be difficult. It'd be tough. Yeah. Um, if you could have any like action hero from a film rescue you, who would you want? I had that same question, but I was going to ask which uh, Marvel actor oh. would you want? <laughs> Um, But let me think about this. If I could have anyone come and rescue me, am I judging this based on ability or just who I would want to rescue me? (laughs) Well, I guess you'd need both because how else are you getting out of there? We know you're not going to be helpful. I mean, I feel like... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How dare you? I'm very smart. I'm very sly. Yeah. I mean, I feel like my answer for all of these things always is just Michael B. Jordan. I think that he would be great (laughs) as a rescuer. That's true. and I would love to just hang out with him. Um, like if if we had to go on sort of like a buddy cop thing where where he was, you know, throwing me off buildings and we're running through the city. Um, and then at the end, he shows up my swimming pool in a possible blur. I think uh, Michael B. Jordan would be great. But he hasn't been. Oh, no, he was in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I guess that still counts for my answer, too. <laughs> um, okay. But I guess I picking? meant like a character, you know, like John Wick or Jason. Oh, Horn. like a character. Yeah. Like a- um, oh, ooh. Um, the Terminator. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Would it be pre, um, pre curtains and whatever he does, or post like curtain company? I'll think. I'll take. I'll take. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'll take the Terminator from the second Terminator movie. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. He's like a good one. Who are you picking? I kind of feel. I like... I guess actor and then character. Yeah. So actor. An interesting one could be Sterling K. Brown, who's, like, very ripped. And I think he'd do a good job of being, like, brutal in the moments needed. Um, But Mm -hmm. we'd also have that camaraderie that you'd want in a girl-on-boy sort of (laughs) action scenario. But from, from, like, characters, I was thinking John Wick has really proven himself. Um, Oh, yeah. So I feel like I'd go with him. Okay. Okay. I mean, he's not a robot, so he could die more easily, but you know. <laughs> but he has. I guess your answer is fine. He's been through a lot. Like an entire That's true. That's assassin true. Any... culture has been after him, and he still survived. You know? You wouldn't want Halle Berry's character with her two killer dogs? That'd be fun, too. I, I mean, 
it'd be tough in like the environment that this movie took place in, but maybe. Well, they're in the desert or whatever when she's got the dogs. So yeah, but the dogs are familiar climates. with the location and like you that's know, true. It's like the dogs probably haven't been to yeah. Dhaka. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful, sunny Dhaka. If you had to kill someone with a garden instrument, what instrument would you use? And you oh can't gosh. pick a rake. I don't know. Like, I had to close my eyes during that. I really hate those, like, slow graphic deaths. Like, anything that is, like, a slow dig into someone's flesh. Like, I just, I'd rather be shot and get it over with. But I guess my go-to would be, like, a like a shovel to just really try and, you know, get it over, get it done with. I was thinking of something very exotic, and I was thinking, what if you ran them over a couple times with a wheelbarrow? <laughs> what? What kind of wheelbarrow would kill just a man? A wheelbarrow. I think if you got them over the head, you know, with some wood in there, just ran right over. I don't know. I think that would take a lot of effort. I mean, just like the... Well, we're going for cinematic purposes here. <laughs> but even you how would you get easy. a wheelbarrow full of something over a man's head? You, you, have know? To, you have to really ram them. Maybe the neck would be better. Oh, gross. Oh, my gosh. Um, which Stranger Things character do you think you could kill? <laughs> you know, I I thought about this question as well, and I feel like the answer that everyone is screaming is Millie Bobby Brown. Um, <laughs> no. Just do the world a, not a service, but, you know, maybe put her in How traction for like about 20 years and she come back as slightly less annoying. Um <laughs> Who I mean, honestly, I think I could probably take most of the cast of Stranger Things. I mean, you could I look think prob- that cute kid's face. I don't remember his name, but the one without teeth and kill him. If he's trying to kill another child and I'm having to protect him, you could do that. Are you saying? Are you saying could I kill them or like or who could I beat in a fight? No, I'm saying could. Who would you choose to to, to kill? murder? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, wow. This is this is very tough because I feel like the answers of who you would kill are people who I probably couldn't actually kill. You know what I mean? Like I think David That's Harbour true. would be a good answer, but I think I don't think I think he'd beat me. I think I do. The like doctor, I think I could probably the the oh, doctor Brenner? The first season. Yeah, the yeah. the papa. I think I could yeah, take that him feels, out. I think I think so. I trust you. Yeah, because I'm trying to think of who else like. The the lifeguard kid definitely could we couldn't beat. Um, It'd be fun though, you know, a good old <laughs> wrestle. Okay, yeah. well, yeah, you'd be like, you know, oh, we, it'd be it'd be like, like the AFC. um the lo, the Love Simon milk video all <laughs> yeah. over again, just with you and yeah. him. It'd be like the Zorro fight in the stables where I just like slice off his clothes. Oh my gosh. Speaking of good action, you should see that. It still holds up. I watched it recently. It's it's good oh stuff. Oh my gosh. That's Antonio Banderas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Catherine. And he slices off someone's clothes. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty um yeah, it's not doing much for like the women's movement, but um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a pretty it's a good scene and then her hair falls like, dramatically over, you know, the private bits, but it's a good It's moment. like um uh, it's like when, uh, oh shoot, Natalie Portman gets her shirt artfully ripped into a crop top in the second Star yes. Wars movie. <laughs> yeah, something like that. By that dragon creature. Yeah, yeah. But this is intentional. Gotta love he's, it. He's undressing her with his with his quick sword trick. So. Ooh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. 
Okay. <laughs> to watch next. Uh, um, but yeah, I don't have any other questions. Yeah, me either. <laughs> um, well, that was a movie, and we talked about it. Yeah. And I've been thinking about this, too. Of After coronavirus ends, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like five years from now, mm-hmm. people will obviously be looking back, like we'll talk about coronavirus. You know, it'll be like a moment from the history books that people oh, yeah, discuss. Yeah. Um, and I wonder if like things that came out during coronavirus will sort of have like a place in history that is separate from other things or is like more memorable because (laughs) of coronavirus like will we all remember too hot to handle for longer than normal because when you think about coronavirus you're like oh too hot to handle (laughs) extraction you know like so I wonder if this movie could have like more of a place no. in history than it probably normally would because of coronavirus. I think it could, Shelby. I think this hit the same amount of eyes it would have hit without coronavirus. But when we think about, oh, what did I watch during coronavirus? Like, will this be there? I don't like, think what I'll it, remember what, it. I, I think Tiger I'm King. more likely to remember the fact that I rewatched the entire Jurassic Park franchise and the Mummy franchise. Before remembering the random original Netflix you wa- Did you watch Jurassic Worlds too or just Jurassic Park? I did, Park? actually. It was a dark moment. Oh, my. I know. Shelby. I didn't That's, watch the ugh. second one. I watched the original to see, <laughs> like, you know, I'll, how that happened. Okay. <laughs> I, we need to send somebody to... If somebody it's is in Houston days. and could please yeah. <laughs> go and check on Shelby, that'd be great. I she know. is really struggling. It's a, my yeah, gosh. It's a tough time. But I mean, to be fair, I, I haven't had a Slurpee in like 50 days now at oh, this point. Man. So getting the shakes. like a real genuine yeah. Slurpee. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I'm just going to like di- stick my head under the faucet yeah. and let it rip <laughs> once it's open again. Oh, man. Well, I mean, I'm impressed we filled an entire episode about this movie. Um, I forgot most of it already, but Matt will revisit it in years But history to come. shan't. Yeah. <laughs> but, what are we um, talking about next week? I don't know. I think that there's a new HBO movie with Hugh Jackman that's getting a lot of attention. Oh, yes. Um, mm-hmm. There's some other new movies coming out on different streaming sites. So if you guys have ideas, send us an email at PSYou're at gmail.com or find us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at PSYou're Wrong. And you can always leave us a review um, on Apple Podcasts. Just scroll all the way down, find us, say hi. Does normal people all come out in one bit? Or oh is it gosh. staggered? I'm not doing that. I'm sorry. That's just what? Oh my happening. gosh. <laughs> also, I think that the new Ryan um, uh, Murphy show, Hollywood, which looks like a true oh, disaster, is coming out this weekend too. So many options. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff to think about. I'm I'm also willing to talk about Riverdale, the uh, musical, yeah. just the musical episodes. If you want to <laughs> talk about all three of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll see you guys next week. Bye.